With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Football fans, welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast, the home of P6 football at SB Nation's Underdog Dynasty. This is me, Joe Serpico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Serp. On the other side of the mic is my man, Joey Broback. You can find at Joe Broback. What's good, dog? We have lots to talk about. Yes, and you are fired up. Yes, we do. So we are doing this episode of the podcast just, uh, what, basically 20, 25 minutes after the release of the first college football playoff rankings. And while there is no um, P6 representative in the top four, there are four teams represented, more than... The AAC, or excuse me, see, I'd like programmed myself not to say ACC. More than the ACC, who only has two, but the, one of those two that's in there didn't get in the top four, and that's what kind of blows my mind. So I guess, Joe, let's start with somehow, some way, the initial college football playoff rankings has two teams from the SCC and two teams from the Big Ten, and an undefeated reigning national champion is not in there what is going on here because last year has nothing to do with this year so you should not consider how last year turned out when you're talking about this year's rankings plus clemson hasn't played anybody so that's another aspect of it yeah they played what neither is penn state well i guess if yeah so it's it's when we're talking about the four spot i don't really care the nice thing though is that Reese Davis said it. He goes, Clemson has the eye test, and that's about all they have going for them, which Clemson can thank UCF for that because UCF was all – it was all – all they have is the eye test. And now it's funny because Clemson, all they have is the eye test. They don't have – there's not – I don't believe there's a – ranked win on their schedule anymore unless you look yeah, at but, okay who's penn state's best win um michigan really probably, probably pitt who beat ucf so that's a huge win mm. uh they beat michigan they've also they also beat iowa who was ranked at the time so i guess it depends on i guess i'll, I'll ask you do you view that as so at the time uh iowa was 18th and Michigan was 14th. And I don't now. I think Iowa was any good. Yeah, so I guess they're 18th still. Well, that's funny, I guess. I, I think so. I have the, the rankings in front of me. I think when you look between teams well, 
12. We'll see how far they actually landed there. But let's say 14 and, and behind. I don't, you know, they're, I see they're all about the same team. But I don't see them being contenders. Yeah. I don't it's, see any way that Wisconsin sneaks back in there after what Ohio State did to them. Auburn, right, but, even I mean, even Auburn, I'm not that crazy about. Like, Baylor is just, I mean, yeah, because they're undefeated, we still got to wait and see if they can actually go undefeated the rest of the way. And I don't know. I'm I'm still waiting to see between – it's not just Clemson. I, I, I think even Oklahoma's getting a bit disrespected as well. Well, and if you that that's that's another thing. So the first thing I'll say is if you look at Penn State's two best wins, they're against two teams that are in the top twenty-five. Clemson's best win is against a five and three Texas A&M team that's not in the top twenty-five. So that's probably the biggest difference in why Penn State's fourth and Clemson's fifth. I get that they won the national championship last year, but you cannot factor that into your twenty nineteen rankings because. If we're just going to use previous year results, then we might as well put Princeton in the playoff at this point. So there is that. The other thing is apparently Oklahoma losing to Kansas State, who's 16th in the top 25, is a much worse loss than Georgia losing to South Carolina, who's 3-5 and five or 3-6, and six, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So that doesn't make any that. sense to me. Granted, I bet you Georgia has better wins, but I don't know. The other thing that's kind of weird, you get kind of – into dangerous territory is you have two two lost teams in Florida and Auburn and you put them in over two undefeated power five teams in Minnesota and Baylor I get that neither one of those teams has played anybody that great but when you start justifying two losses over zero you're kind of going into dangerous territory and I don't like where that's headed I have no arguments with that like, justifying wins should be more important than saying, oh, well, they lost to good teams. Well, if you have two losses, you can't justify, oh, they have two good losses versus you you won out. And that was the same thing. You know, it's, it's the thing that UCF was dealing with, and now it's two Power 5 teams. Granted, their toughest part of their schedules are coming up, but it's dangerous when you say two wins or two good losses is better than zero losses at all. Okay, my question for you is, so uh, this weekend, and I, I see you're um, in a little Twitter battle with one of my buddies here, so Penn State is playing Minnesota. Where's this game being played? I don't have Minnesota. The, uh, it's at Minnesota. It is that's the Minnesota. only reason okay. why I'm campaigning for it. That's true, yes. That's why. Okay. So Minnesota right now is 17th. I mean, you give I – mean, that's what I'm really kind of blows my mind. So you're going to – Give the Big Ten the love. And don't get me wrong, I think Ohio State certainly deserves it, but I'm still not on Penn State bandwagon yet. Um, how high does this vault Minnesota if they get this win? Well, I would hope that they would jump. It would be in a, you know what I mean? Like, you they have... would have to jump a lot, especially these two lost teams that you just talked about that already don't make sense that they're behind them. Well, then they have Kansas State, Notre Dame, and Michigan also have two losses. Wisconsin has two losses. You would think they'd jump those four teams, being the number. If you beat the number four team, you would have to jump those teams. Yeah, but so my question is how high? Do they get into – so I I think top ten for sure. I I think you have to do that. 
Yeah, I are would... they in? So can you argue them being sandwiched in between seven and eight? Like, do they jump that high? I higher? probably not. I think they would. I think tenth would probably be the highest they go. And it depends on, I don't know who Baylor plays this weekend, but if Baylor wins too, depending on who they play. But if you put, you have an undefeated Minnesota team that hasn't, they don't have really a great win on their resume right now, but you add a win over the fourth best team in college football, that should move you up quite a bit. That should definitely move the needle. Baylor has a win over Kansas State, who's ranked. They were ranked at the time, and they're ranked again. And they play TCU this weekend, so you would think that a win over number four would be a better win than TCU. So you, I would say they should they should jump to tenth because you're you're then you're saying oh a team that has a, a win over a top a playoff team is not as good as two teams that have two losses but they lost to good teams. Like uh, you kind of lose me when you start saying oh we're going to justify losing now because like what's the point of winning if you're just gonna let teams that lose well against good teams. Like, why are we why are we rewarding losing? I'm I'm just kind of looking over the schedule here, and I think it's a little bit interesting. There's a lot of these teams in the top 25 are not playing this week. You think they purposely did that? I don't know. That is weird. Like, or, or, Oregon and or so Oregon and Utah both don't play. I don't. Do I? No, oh, there's Oklahoma. Okay. Maybe I'm just overthinking that. Maybe I'm overthinking that. I just didn't see Oregon and Utah, and I was a little bit thought that was a little iffy. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, but I guess let's to bring it back to to the uh, the American a little bit. So there are four teams in this initial top twenty-five, and. As of this point, it is Cincinnati that's in the driver's seat, according to these initial rankings, to represent the uh, P6 in the NY6. Well, here's my question, and I'm going to pull up their schedule now, but who did Cincinnati beat? They beat UCLA, Miami of Ohio, Marshall. Okay, they they beat UCF, that's right. But, like, I don't know. I guess they're. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Their only loss is getting killed to, by Ohio State, but so far everybody's getting killed by Ohio State. And mm-hmm. Memphis lost to Temple, so I guess. I guess I, I'm not really like mad about that, considering they're only one spot away. I think the more interesting thing is that Navy is 24th ahead, and they're one spot ahead of SMU. I agree with that. Because who has Navy beat this year? Nobody. I mean, you could make the same. I would argue that Cincinnati at least has something impressive on their resume. Navy does not whatsoever. Yeah, like SMU's beat TCU. They have. I think um, Navy's about to find, you know, now we're going to get to the stretch. where Navy's got, okay, because now I just pulled up their schedule. They've got Notre Dame next, so that sort of knocked them down. Then they got SMU after that. Depending on what SMU does in the next two weeks, which, you know, that could move, well, it will move both of them up or down. And Navy's got Houston, who, I mean, we'll talk about Houston a little bit later, but you, you never know what the hell you're going to get from Houston every week now. And then, of course, then the season with Army Navy, which 
is their playoff game. I mean, I, mean, I don't even know why we're talking about Navy in the they're, they got no shot of making a playoff game to begin with. That is their playoff game, especially now. I believe I have to. I was watching the Air Force Army game this past week, and I have to. I think the winner of the Army Navy game takes the Commander in Chief trophy this year. I think. I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, who won? Didn't Air Navy Force, Navy won? Navy won that one, and then Air Force won against Army. So yeah, so well, Navy. Well, what happens if Army wins that? I don't know. I'm not going to get into it, but exactly. if Navy wins, they obviously win it because they beat Air Force. But exactly. So that's where we're going with there. Hmm. But yeah, interesting that Navy's in there, considering their to get back into their schedule. What is their best win now? Uh, that's what I'm looking at. Their best win is probably Tulane. Because they mm-hmm. lost to Memphis. Mm-hmm. You could argue, I mean, with how Air Force is playing, you could say that's their best win. I'd probably go Air Force and then Tulane. Whereas, like SMU, who's that, Who's their best win? TCU? Yeah. I just, yeah, I... Mm-hmm. To minor you can, I mean, well, you can't really call the loss to Memphis a bad loss either. I mean, no, well, not after watching last week. That's what I mean. Well, here's my question to you: Do you think that UCF is better than Navy right now? Um, if you ask me personally, mm-hmm. I think UCF is better than all these P6 teams. I know the record doesn't show it, but you think UCF is better than Cincinnati still? Yep. Even though Cincinnati beat them? Yep. See, that's what's, neut- that's what's wrong with people. Put them on a neutral field, see what happens. Oh, my. Here we go. You play play your schedule. If you're good enough, to, if you're better than that team, you should actually beat them on the road. Hey, I don't okay. care. I understand that, but I still think the UCF's the best team in the conference. I'm allowed to say that. No, you're not. Why not? This is, this is a, okay, it's not a sane podcast. Because I'm just not letting you say that. They're going to roll through everybody they play right now. Who's their remaining schedule? That's what I want to know. I'll pull it up for you one second. UCF. You're just catering to my needs. I appreciate that. They're going to beat up on Tulsa. They're going to beat up on Tulane, and they're going to smash USF. Okay, well, that's not saying much. They They might not even make the conference championship game. No, I don't know. I do not think that they're going to get the help that they need for that. No. I mean, I'm not. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not the best team, but they legitimately might. Because here's the thing Cincinnati has to lose twice in the next month. They have four games left. They're not losing to UConn. They're. No, Cincy's schedule is cake. Until they play Temple and Memphis to end the year. But even then, if they Well they'd have to lose they'd have to lose twice. I don't see I don't see Temple going into Cincinnati and getting a win. Temple on the road is not good. No for lack of better words. Yeah, it's so it's I don't know. I'll say that Cincinnati is a better team right now. That's what I believe because I have the evidence to prove it. And if if they lose out, I really hope they don't. 
Although I'm I'm all I'm all on board for uh, UCF Memphis part three. Yeah, it's not or gonna part, happen. But... Or part five, whatever you want to call it, but will not happen. Well, let me ask you this: What's the most entertaining conference championship game matchup that we can have in this conference? Is it UCF Memphis? No. I would still rather see UCF and SMU. I know, I know, SMU just lost to Memphis. What are, what games are you watching? I'm watching the same games. Memphis Earlier, just scored 54 points. What more do you need? Put it, SMU just scored what? 46? 48? 48, whatever it was on yeah. the road. Yeah. All right. They gave up 54. So what? You don't want to. You don't want to see a team that's. Temple, Temple Temple beat Memphis. I mean, we could do. We could go all around the. You know, all around the circle here. Temple beat Memphis. Memphis, or SMU smashed Temple. Like, I still think that UCF is the best in the East, and SMU is the best in the West. Now, obviously, that doesn't look like they're going to play in that conference championship game. But I still think this season those are the two best teams. Which that really sucks for SMU. Because given how they were playing, and like you said, yeah, they scored 48 points on the road, which I don't think we talk enough about that. Like, that's that's incredible. And granted, they gave up 54, which is concerning, but that offense just was running on all cylinders, and now it feels like they take a step back because they lost to Memphis, a team that lost to Temple. And honestly, it just feels like we're due for more chaos in this conference, and I don't know how it ought to feel about that. Well, so that's... What could be the thing that honestly keeps this conference out of the the NY6? And let's say if Boise sitting there at 22 lets them sneak in there because we could have, let's say that somehow Cincinnati does lose one of these games that's upcoming this week, um, or Cincinnati knocks off Memphis, but then Temple's in there, you know what I mean? And they, they mess some things up. And then who knows? Maybe somehow UCF sneaks back in this top twenty-five. I'm, I'm curious to see um, where they're at and if they're receiving votes in the the national. I guess those polls don't matter anymore, right? The AP poll. Yeah, that's what I told yeah. someone the other day. I said, I guess they really don't matter if, anymore. If you're having a bad day, just remember that there are people that still vote in the AP poll. That doesn't matter. It literally yeah. means nothing. Where are they? Because I usually do actually look at those. But they did not pop up because now they don't matter anymore, I guess. They didn't show up? Not even on ESPN? Oh, here we go. AP poll. Week 11. UCF is technically 26. They have 52 votes going into... 26. Okay, so they're sitting right outside. Yeah, so they're in position still. So next week they'll be in pretty much. Most likely. Yep. After they, um, let's see, now that i got to pull up this week's schedule again. Who do they got this week? Oh, Tulsa. Who, yeah, they'll smash Tulsa. So they'll sneak in there. But yeah, at the same will. time, I mean, Cincinnati this week is playing UConn. We can't see. So, if anything, Cincinnati is probably going to go up. SMU is playing ECU. If anything, they're going to go up. UCF, same deal. All right, we just did all next week. Are we podcast over? Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for listening. <laughs> just kidding. No. Uh... Now we'll dive into them for real in a little bit. But, yeah, 
So UCF sitting right on the outside of that there. So maybe by next week when we're talking about this, honestly, we might be talking about, what, five teams in there? Yeah. There's a couple of these teams have active. This week there's only four games, so a lot of bye weeks this week. Curious if there's a reasoning for that. Who knows? All I know is I wish that college football could have a tip-off, well, it would be a kickoff, a kickoff week just like the college basketball season is having right now. I know that it's a unique thing to have one, two, three, and four playing on the same night, but how sweet would it be if you had, and this is top four now, but you have Ohio State and LSU starting the season, and then Alabama and we'll say Clemson to not get you too worked up over Penn State. If they played week one, how sweet would that be? Well, to to switch it back to what is this top four here, you're going to see that. One this week and one in a couple weeks. Yep. Now, if you, I would love to see that in a week one to bring to, for your argument. Hell yeah, that would be awesome to see more. Now, just because I'm not exactly sure how the scheduling works because this this is like a tournament, right? What they're playing tonight? Uh, no, it's. I think it's just two games. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I don't think it's a tournament at all. Oh, okay. I thought this was like a tournament that, like, you know, because the tournament stuff looks like it's like the new like trend to do in the beginning of the year. Yeah, and I feel like they are not like, I don't know, not like college football. You know, you you have those things planned years in advance. I feel like those tournaments are like literally made like a year or two in advance. Like these things are all kind of brand new, honestly. Right. And so like, you really don't know who you're playing up until well, maybe a year or two before that. Right. It's very so different. I feel like, yeah. So I feel like they didn't even know that in the rankings, it was going to be these top four teams all going at it. And it just so, yeah, it just happened to, to work that. out that way. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's awesome to get me wrong, but yeah, you'll never see it in football just because of the implications of what one loss means. And basketball is completely different. Oh, for, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And, and teams, won't, the top teams aren't going to do that that early in the year. Although they should because losing early apparently means it doesn't mean as much than losing later in the yeah. season. So not, why no, not? That is true because yeah, if you lose these games later on in the year, it's you know it's it's fresher in the mind as opposed to these games at the end. of or at the games in the beginning of the season that are kind of almost forgotten about, or you can make the argument that you've gotten better since. And that's the argument, obviously, that um, basketball is using. Oh, we're way better team than we were in November. And, I mean, it, yeah, it's true, especially for a lot of those teams that are uh, loaded with one and done, your Kentuckys, and, your, and now Duke is like that as well. So, yeah, that argument does make sense. But for football-wise... We'll we'll never see that. Yeah, mostly just because of scheduling. See, yeah, you'll be hard pressed to see Alabama ever schedule Clemson. At least maybe once one of them starts to trend downward. But at least for the next, you know, say five ten years, that is not happening anytime soon. Right, and uh, they scheduled te- or Alabama scheduled Texas, but Texas is not back despite no. what everybody says. I just because just because I have it from like you're not going to see Alabama schedule Ohio State. It's just not happening. No, it'll never happen. Ohio State is not going to schedule 
Florida or even Oklahoma. Like, I don't see those games happening anytime soon. Right. Even at, even if you want to go out west, Ohio State will not play, or even Alabama, I don't think, will play, say, Oregon. For Ohio State, the argument would be if they're going to play Oregon, they can play them in the Rose Bowl. That's the potential there. If Alabama, I think the one thing we've noticed about Alabama is they really don't like to travel. Well, they don't have to because everybody wants to play them. Well, touche, but like... But yeah, I see... Every now and then, you know, take a game out west. Play USC. For you know, Right now, that would be a cash game for USC. Right. But go out there and go out there... Take your boys out to sunny California and go beat up on those guys. Yep. But Alabama's got a lot more to lose. It's just it would just be so much more fun. I mean, I know it's not that simple. It's not a concept that you can just say, let's just do this, and okay, it works that way. But you, you know, it's it would just be so much more entertainment. And... Or so an idea that just came into mind. So if you we are not seeing. Like, the NFL has preseason. You know, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know if it necessarily you can do this in college football. But do, like, a scrimmage right before the season starts. That gets televised. That will make money for everybody involved. That way everybody's, you know, everybody gets their piece of the pie. But that's how you have Alabama play, say, Oregon. In a game that doesn't necessarily matter. Right before, in that week the week before is, you know, we have that week zero where it's like four games there, which doesn't make any sense. Have a scrimmage game there that makes money for all people. Networks, programs. No? Maybe. I like my idea. I like your idea. I like a lot of what you say. Just floating that idea out there. Yeah, there's a lot, money. Of, a lot of money concepts. out there. I mean, that's there's true. a gazillion things out there you can do to make more money. Well, that's true. But it's just, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's tough from a, uh, from the fans' perspective of what they want to see because, uh, you know, for, for all the people that are getting excited about Alabama-LSU this weekend, which that is going to be an insane game, but for all those people getting excited about it, like, imagine that in week one. And how excited people get in the first week for it, like the excitement for football, college football to be back, or just football season in general, is unmatched by any other sport. I don't care what anybody says, just because a majority of people aren't loving baseball season just because it drags out for so long. So they've been with one sport for most of the summer, and then football comes back. So now imagine you have teams two and three playing. So it's just it's obviously it's not that simple, but I want it to be. And if not, I'll settle for the NCAA game to come back out for Xbox and PlayStation, and I'll create those matchups on my own. Sooner rather than later, EA Sports. Yes, please. What are you guys waiting for? Sponsor us. We'll play that. We'll do a live podcast every week so we can play each other. I don't care. I'll do whatever. Yeah. I'm look, more looking forward to playing, like, an online dynasty against, like, you and a bunch of other people. Oh, absolutely. That's you, you all You can I'm already really count me in. I'll take Temple to a national championship, baby. You, me, Eric, Joe, Cyrus, Jared, Mike, don't we care. Got, we'll take what? You got eight 
eight to ten already right there. Right, exactly. And you can just give me the championship right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the best part about that will be, and I'm curious to see how they do it, and not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but it's like my favorite part of playing the game was always the recruiting part. I don't know about you. Recruiting's to, fun. Yeah. I mean, obviously playing the game is fun, but like the recruiting part, making at least so like I always played, like I said, with Temple. So in the game, they're pretty booty. So like you have I had to make them be able to recruit like the big the big guy. So it it takes years. It's the grind, man. I love the grind of the first year you might get like. A th- you know a few three stars to commit you to your team you mm-hmm. might get lucky and get a four star or five star but yeah just the uh the oh, grind of getting to that point where five stars are like okay you're you're tops on my list and that doesn't happen just by you know mindlessly going through the game but yeah that's uh that's fun yeah i realized a long time ago the cheat at least in 14 is to go after the athletes Yep. Go after them first. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to say about the uh, playoff rankings before we get started on week 11? No, it's just uh, we're getting closer and closer to the actual playoff. And while that is sad, there's a lot of anticipation and a lot of pressure building on some of these teams, especially the undefeated teams. Yep. Two big games this weekend between... Undefeated too. I know you want to really keep harping on Minnesota, getting some love. So, dude, PJ Fleck row the boat for another nine years or whatever, seven years, twenty twenty six. Now he's not gonna stay that long, but row the boat, man. Why not? Gonna take them to the glory days. Where else? Are you I gonna hope go? so. I don't. Yeah. Well, there was someone who said Florida State, but like. That, Who wants that other, dumpster fire right now? Well, that that's the that's the other thing is like. It's a disaster there, but like someone said, there's not a good fit. Well, yeah, there. Anybody that needs a job, there's a good fit. Like any any of these coaches that are up and coming, like they're gonna be a good fit because they're a good coach that's looking for a job, and Florida State has a job. So whatever, people overthink it. Let them stay in Minnesota. I agree. I don't want beat beat Penn State forever. Bums. Exactly. You want another underdog that's in a Power 5 conference? Minnesota Gophers. All right, let's move to week 11. Only four games this week, like I said earlier. And they take place on one on Thursday, one on Friday, and two of them on Saturdays. One of them, Vegas has as a close line. The rest are kind of expected to be blowouts. The Thursday night game is my alma mater, those Temple Owls, taking on USF. If you want to watch that game, it's at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Temple is a one-and-a-half or two-point favorite, depending on what site you're looking at. I personally think, I don't know about you, but I personally think that Temple, they're not going to run away with this game, I don't think, but they'll win this game. No problem. Yeah, we haven't seen much from USF other than, like, Jordan Cronkite. You know, so it's not... He is the team. Right. So I'm not expecting them to just all of a sudden, you know, wake up and their whole team plays better. 
Granted, they still have a chance to win the the East. They if they win out, they play three teams that are they're either tied with them or they're those teams are above them. So if they win out, they give themselves a good chance. It's not happening, not but oh, okay. Wow, we both jinx. We uh, yeah, it's just. I don't know what else. To, I don't have any more to say other than that that's not happening. Temple's not going to run. I agree. Temple's probably not going to run away with this, but it's not It's not like I'm going to be worried about. I just think Temple's going to demolish them on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Yeah. I think, I think USF is really bad, off, especially their offensive line. Their offensive line is terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just Cronkite running for his life the whole time. And I was amazed because I haven't been really paying attention to the Bulls this season. But the receiving numbers this year, oh, my God. They don't have a single guy over 300 yards receiving or over 20 catches. Yeah, their quarterback play has been inconsistent and not, like, just from a performance yeah, but standpoint. Eight, but We're eight games in, nine games in. Like, you would think they would somebody would have 20 receptions. Yeah. It's uh, it's been bad, and the, I mean injuries have affected them too. So that's another thing that's that's hard for them. But they're just not a good team right now. There's just there's just no way to put it. They've never been a good team this year. Like it, that's that much we've warned people about. You can choose to listen to our factual statements, or you can just choose to not listen to us. We don't hate your team. We're just telling you how it is. I do. T- well, no, I guess they both had kind of the, the little bit of a layoff there, but the, you know, one's kind of on a, a little bit of a a high. USF has won three of the last four, while Temple has lost their last two, and they've got pounded in those last two. So I think I don't know, maybe if maybe that's an evening factor here. Uh, maybe USF is. Uh, feeling a little bit better about themselves than Temple is right now. But like I said, I just think Temple up front on both sides of the ball is just stronger right now, and they're just going to play big boy football and knock them around. And I don't know. I am i don't know if you're with me on this, but I still think that Charlie Strong, even if they somehow get into a bowl game, which I, I really can't see that coming, but even if they somehow do, I still think you know he's kind of a – a little bit on the hot seat. Oh yeah, he's definitely he's. I would yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then you put Philip Montgomery from Tulsa on that too. I don't know. Is anybody else really on the hot seat? Everybody's kind of new or good, so those are probably the two. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. Those are definitely the two. I would say. Yeah. Well, you gotta feel, you gotta feel bad for Tulsa just because oh, Montgomery, I guess, just because I feel like he loses every game by a touchdown. Well, yeah, was, we were talking last week. He's he's lost twenty seven games in his tenure, and another one this past week. The twenty eight, yeah, and thirteen of them have been by single digits. That's just that that has to be so frustrating for him and his team. Yep. You know, they're always they always seem to be in in those games and they just don't seem to uh manage to be on the right side of it. Well and this team seems like they're way better than they were last year, but their record might not indicate that. Which is mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's get into them a little bit more. So they play UCF on Friday night 
That game is at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. The Knights are a 17-point favorite, so I don't, I don't think either one of us thinks that this will be one of those games where they keep it in that uh, single-digit mark. But, yeah, for Montgomery, uh, I guess that's the argument when he goes to talk to you know, the school president and the athletic director when, when it's all said and done and be like, look, we are, we're almost there. And I mean, I guess you can also he can also argue that the West this year is just so good. So maybe he needs a little bit more. You know, maybe he can go to the presidents and whatnot and be like, I need a little bit more to get us over the hump because they like they are right there. Like they are just a piece or two away f- from being a legitimate contender and you know literally making that entire West be strong. Yeah, that's uh, you can go both ways with that because you could make the argument you just said where Montgomery says, "Look, here's here's what I can tell you: we're we're not getting worse. We just are struggling to win those close games." And that's, are you okay? Did you fall over? Sorry, everything fell over on my desk though. Oh my gosh, <laughs> chaos. Well, anyways, now that we know you're okay. It's uh yeah, like you said, you can make the argument that hey, we're not getting worse. We're we're in these games. We just have to find a way to to win them. But at the same time, you could say, yeah, we're not getting worse, but we haven't found ways to win these close games. And like they're not winning any of them. That's the that's the hard part to justify is like they're not they're not winning these games. The consistent losing is is kind of a concern. And you're going to be heading into year five by that point so i I don't know are you going to find someone that's better than montgomery that can win in tulsa i i don't know and like i said this is definitely a better team but the record might not indicate that just just to go through tulsa schedule this year and then i'll make quick comment all right so they open the season up with uh, michigan state who was ranked to start the season did lose 28 to 7 is Michigan State? I don't even know what their record is right now. Well, and Tulsa shot themselves in the foot the first half. If they don't play yes. like the worst half of football, that game's closer. Yes. All right. So then they beat San Jose State, who surprisingly is a lot better than I thought they would be this season. Mm-hmm. They are in in the game for most of the time against Oklahoma State. They're winning they at halftime. Yes, exactly. Uh, Oklahoma State actually like, and Oklahoma State busted that score open with the late ridiculous touchdown it didn't matter beat tulsa who or excuse me beat wyoming who is another team in the mountain west that is actually been pretty solid this season yeah they're six and two mm-hmm. held their own against smu who up until this past week was undefeated um i guess the one really bad one was getting blown out against navy at home hold yep. your own against cincinnati should have beat Tulsa. I mean, if your field goal kicker can make a chip shot, you win that game. And then in the game, pretty much throughout the game against Tulane this past week. So they are in every single game. It's not uh, – that's why you almost got to feel bad for the guy just because at some point he's got to be on the right side. Now, it won't be this week against UCF, and it won't mm, – Are they going to win? Know. That's what I was going to say. I Look don't at their know. Schedule. They're going to be against Houston. And then that ECU game on the road, 
I don't know, because I, I, I was a little bit impressed by what ECU did this past week against Cincinnati. So, yeah, you never know. So, you, yeah, yep, you do never know. But, yeah, for as far as this week goes, the, from what we have seen from the Knights, they look like they are angry, and they are going to keep taking it out this week on Tulsa. All right, under those Saturday games, again, two games with should be huge blowouts. Let's just be honest. Um, SMU takes on East Carolina. That game's on ESPNU at noon. Mustangs are a 22-point favorite. And, yeah, that seems pretty fitting, I think, uh, Three touchdowns, or a little bit more than that, is pretty accurate. I might have just said that I, I liked what I saw from ECU last week against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense has been pretty solid all season long. But this is going to be the week now that SMU plays pretty um, mad, for lack of a better words, and just pummels ECU because now they need to put up some style points to – yeah, they're still in the discussion for a New Year's Six Bowl, so you know they still want to get into that discussion as well. Yeah, and it's one of those they'll they'll play motivated and they'll come back and get you know get a solid win after a disappointing loss. But you can also see it going the other way and them kind of having a hangover after a tough loss. But I don't think we see that. We could see a hundred passes between Bouchel and Holton Ehlers. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think that's actually gonna happen. To be honest, I would be surprised if it didn't. And then the week wraps up with UConn on the road against Cincinnati. The Bearcats are a thirty-five point favorite. If you want to watch that beatdown, it's at 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. And it's, what, how many more weeks do we have with UConn in the conference? Three? Three, three more weeks. They've got three more games. Three more games. This, we never have to talk about them again. They will lose to Cincinnati. They will get ECU. Do you think they got to get one win in this conference before they get out? No, I don't see that happening. I don't right. see how ECU is be- way better than UConn is. Like they've actually made some improvements, whereas UConn's done nothing. Also, I believe ECU can still make a bowl game. It's going to be hard, but they can still make a bowl game. Mm, pull that schedule up then, just because you said that. It's um, yeah, it's going to be difficult. They play. <laughs> well, they got to beat SMU. They beat SMU. The and it's not going to. It doesn't get easier. That's I mean, they have UConn, so that's get, I guess that's UConn. Tulsa. That's, yeah, so doesn't get easier after the, this. For this week's not easy, but after that, it's looking that's pretty as good. easy as it gets, at least for this conference. Yep. So yeah, that wraps up what's ahead for week eleven. Right? Am I right about that? These numbers I never get right. Yes, week 11. Week 11. Then, yeah, because the NFL is one week behind, and that always throws me off. Yep, same here. That's why I always want to make sure I'm right when I say these numbers. But, yeah, just four games this week. Next week we're going to get back into, I think, it's, no, even next week is only four games, which is, uh, 
I don't know. Strange, strange. I don't remember this last year. A bunch of four. Uh, yeah, I thought we always had at five least or five. six games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mostly, yeah, mostly six, I feel like. Yeah. But I guess uh, a lot of bye weeks at the end of the season, which seems kind of strange to me. At this point, what's the point of having a bye? The season's almost over. Mm-hmm. But I guess on that note, we can wrap up this episode of the Underdog Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, however you listen to the podcast. Make sure you leave us. Some kind of review, we would greatly appreciate that. Listen to our guys that are doing the Conference USA podcast. And also now we finally got a Sunbelt podcast up and running as well. So that was great news to see. But until next time, thanks for listening to our Joe Talk.